0: Hello, I'm Portia Parker Griffin, and I want to welcome you to the Career 101 Podcast, a place for ambitious professionals and seasoned executives who want an edge in their career. We're talking about all of the things you were never taught or told when it comes to career growth, development, and change. Now, let's get into it. Today, we are talking about Influence 101: how to increase your influence in the workplace with Andrea Winberg. As CEO and founder of the consulting firm Voice of Influence, Andrea Winberg connects government, mid-market, nonprofit, and Fortune 500 clients to the experts, programs, and resources they need to develop motivating influence with customers and key stakeholders. Andrea's insights have been featured in publications such as Success Magazine, Authority Magazine and Thrive Global. She is the author of the memoir Unfrozen: Stop Holding Back and Release the Real You and she's host of The Voice of Influence podcast, featuring interviews with over 250 leaders and experts. She lives with her husband and two teenage kids in Nebraska. Um Andrea was also kind enough to have me on her podcast a couple of years ago. Uh, so hi, Andrea. How are you today?
1: Hi, Portia. It's so good to reconnect with you. This is fun. Yes, yes. Well, I'm excited to
0: have you with us to discuss Influence 101 and how to increase your influence in the workplace. But first, we want to know a little bit more about you. So tell me about seven-year-old Andrea.
1: <laughs> seven-year-old Andrea was a little cheeky. <laughs> I, was, I was somebody who I grew up in a family that loved to sing. And so oddly enough, we did like programs like for, for little churches in our, in our Nebraska, small Nebraska town. And so my, I had a have a sister and parents. And so the four of us would do that. And so I loved singing in front of an audience and making people smile and feel good and, and that sort of thing. But at the same time, I was always kind of the one that would, you know, if, if, uh, if you, if you put something in front of me and said that this is an obstacle, I was always going to be the one to like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> There's a way around this. And so I I was I would find a way around. If you can't go through the front door, you go through a window. Yes, I love it. So it sounds like, Andrea, you've been using
0: your voice uh, of influence uh, for a very long time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it certainly had an impact. My, my past certainly had an impact on how we framed the company for mm-hmm. sure, because I think that it's really cool when you can see a thread go through your life and then realize how it can come out in different iterations throughout life. So while before excuse me while before I would I was enjoying singing and being the one on the stage, then when I got into, you know, high school, well, more like I guess college, I started to be interested in helping other people with their singing. So I became a conductor. I loved to conduct choirs and that sort of thing and and that was my original original path. And then you know, it's just sort of morphed into people's voice. You know, sort of their metaphorical voice.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, what was your first job, Andrea?
1: Yeah, and and my first job after graduating from high school, from college is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. So that,
0: or it could be you know, your 16 year old working at the the pizza place. I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah. I think I'll tell you about my first job being so after after graduating from college, I was a music teacher. I taught music. For uh, this really small school, I taught everything that had anything to do with music, K through twelve. Wow. So yeah, it was it was a uh, it was like diving right into teaching and being I guess a leader on so many levels for different age groups, which was so different at every level. It was yeah. a lot to to take in and and I learned a lot for sure.
0: I am sure. My mom is a retired teacher. Mm-hmm. Um and so I can only imagine you having to lesson plan for kindergartners and 12th graders. That <laughs> that's a really wide gap there. So hats off to you, Andrea. Um so I guess tell us about some high highlights or pivotal moments in your career before you started your business? Mm.
1: You know, I had always been interested in uh, leading small groups of people through, and at that point it was women, in transformational kinds of settings. So learning and growing, and at that point it was was about ministry, and so um, having these small groups where we were working together, reading together, thinking together, it was uh, special for me to be able to kind of guide a group through a process of transformation and be a part of that as well. Myself, I found that I found early on that if you're wanting to help somebody else out with something, you also need to be, if you're trying to change somebody else, it's not just them that should be changing. You know, it should be, it should be me as well. And so, so if, if I wanted to see growth in others, I needed to see it in myself first, or at least alongside them. So, um so that was one piece of it. I think then after having kids, I was, a stay-at-home mom and um, still doing some of that small group sort of thing. But I was feeling this sense of like, oh, this is just not enough. Like there are so many more things I'm supposed to do. I, I don't even know exactly where that came from or how to describe that feeling other than there's more. And so I went to the movie Frozen mm-hmm. <laughs> with my kids, had no idea what it was about, didn't know it was a musical until we got in there. I thought it was just going to be some cutesy thing. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be one of the most transformational Like, I would say it's almost like it was a gate that opened up for me. So, I'd already been through a lot of transformation in my own life and heart and that sort of thing. But then, seeing Elsa and her story play out, she has these abilities with ice, and and ice comes out in a form that's sort of like her self expression. When she's motivated by fear, the self expression comes out in negative ways and can hurt people. But when she's motivated by love, her self expression is a gift to the world. And I kind of knew that about myself myself that this was true about myself, but to see it on the screen was just like, it just felt like a, this invitation to come out and be in and step out and do something more and, and and that sort of thing. So that was, I would say that was a a pivotal moment for me. And then I ended up writing a book because of it. And that's why I wrote the the book Unfrozen: stop holding back and release the Real you really just wanted to write about the movie and all the metaphors that I Mm -hmm. (laughs) was trying to draw from it for kids, you know, and then it turned like five, drafts later, it turned into my own memoir. So yeah. So that way I would say those were some of the pivotal ones for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. I mean, the, the
0: the transformation and it sounds like, you know, reflecting on the musical and your own career and some of these different things that you've done in your career uh, to come up with the memoir. I just, I I think that's a great thing. I think it's a great thing, Andrea. So to transition into, you know, you've kind of gotten that idea to start your business from uh, the musical. How did you decide to focus on influence?
1: I think I always knew that that is what I cared about. The subtitle for the book is uh, Stop Holding Back and Release the Real You. And then the line under that is um, The Unexpected Path to Connection and Impact. Mm. So for me, what I was realizing was that everybody wants those two things to be human, to feel fully alive and to make a difference in the world. We want that. But, but I, what I had found was that it was hard to have impact and stay connected to people. Like it seemed like you had to forfeit one for the other. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to have impact, I'm going to lose relationships because I'm going to stand out. I'm going to say something and it's going to cause rifts and all that sort of thing. And so I, I, I think I'm, I'm forgetting what your original question was, but that was, that Mm -hmm. was a, a a big piece of why I cared about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what is your definition of influence?
1: Mm. So influence is when you make some sort of difference. It's, I think sometimes people look at influence and the word leadership, the word impact, and the word impact in particular, probably as something where you enact your will on someone else or get somebody else to do what you want them to do. I don't think that influence, influence is more wishy washy to me in a positive way. So influence to me is more like having a voice, not that I get what I want all the time, but that I am heard my ideas and my thoughts are considered seriously considered, whether or not that's what the direction ends up, you know, taking doesn't matter as much as that. I don't know, like that you're part of the collaboration, part of the dialogue. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Making a difference, having that voice, being heard and considered. I think those are great ways to explain influence. And I agree that you're right. I think impact is a buzzword now that a lot of companies and corporations use, and it's a strong word, but I, I do think sometimes perhaps, you know, the way they're using it could be looked at uh, in another way. Um, so another thing, Andrea, that you talk about is healthy influence. Tell me about healthy
1: influence and what that means. So just taking that one step further, you, when you think about healthy Healthy influence. When we think about healthy influence, we think of it as being mutual. So influence isn't just what I do to you. It's what we share together. We share this influence on one another. Yeah, that's what we believe that healthy influence is about sharing that influence together. And of course, there are ways to even do that in an unhealthy way. But in general, I would say that that is that's what we mean by that. Yeah, I love it. I love it.
0: So Andrea, you've probably seen this as well yourself, but I've spoken with people who, uh, prior to working with us, they had given up on their career or their business goals because they thought in their mind that they just weren't influential enough, Mm. you know, from your perspective, why is influence important in the workplace?
1: Mm. Well, first of all, I just want to say that if anybody felt like that, and then they came to you for coaching way to go for them, (laughs) you know, like they, that, that taking that step and saying, you know what, I matter enough that I'm going to invest in myself to be able to to see if there really is something for me because I've been there before where you feel like you just don't have you don't have it you're like what difference am I making this does why what is the point of all of this and to invest in yourself with coaching with you guys and to be able to um say this matters enough I matter enough I'm gonna find it I'm gonna I- it matters more than me feeling defeated right now okay what what was your first question that you yeah asked well I, I want to. I'm like first of, of all let's right. just hit on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and thank you for highlighting that because that trust, that belief in yourself and and going to see what's really out there is important and I I think you make a great point there. Um the question was why is uh influence important in the workplace
1: from your perspective. Hmm, thank you for repeating that. <laughs> I believe that we that people already always probably felt this way, but culturally we are at a point now where it's expected that we should have a voice, that we should have agency at work, that I should carry some weight. Somehow or another, what I do and say should matter at work, not just to the task that I'm doing, not just to the, the customer that I'm speaking with, but to the way things work in our team, potentially even beyond that on an organizational level. Uh, my voice should matter. And when people, when people see that they have agency, agency, when they feel it inside, they see it on the outside. It's been acknowledged that what you've done and said has made a difference, not just good job. Here's your star for the day, but no, you've made real change. Your, your, your idea at that last meeting made a difference in the way that we're approaching this customer now, you know, like things like that, that when people see that they, um, they, they feel, like they have the ability to do more. So they, they want to do more. It's sort of like building momentum for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, as I see that I matter and I'm doing a a good job and people are recognizing me for this, I build momentum in my own self to gain the confidence to step out and say things when I see them, to bring up concerns, to share my ideas, to take initiative, um, from everything from like, Oh, look, there's trash on the floor. I'm going to pick that up. I'm taking responsibility for this 2 I'm it's, I need to speak up about a problem that I'm seeing that needs to be fixed. So when people believe that they have influence, when they, when they are seeing that increase at work, they are more engaged Way more engaged. There's I think there's more to it than that, but that's definitely a huge piece of it.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with the engagement. And to I guess settle my inner nerd, I'm actually uh, getting a master's degree right now, Andrea. And something that you said there made me think about a concept that we study a lot. So uh my degree program is in industrial and organizational psychology. And when you mentioned kind of being motivated to do more from having that influence, a lot of times in IO psychology psychology, psychology, they call those things organizational citizenship behaviors, (laughs) ocbs And so Mm -hmm. I know that's a kind of a a really technical term, but that's what it made me think of when you were talking about influence. People really want to help the organization in a way that, you know, they might not be paid for. They'll go above and beyond for.
1: Yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely.
0: So from your perspective, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see professionals and executives make with their influence?
1: So one of the first things that I think of is people who are really good people who are really nice. And so they're, they're for, okay, I'm going to share two different, two different kinds of people that are really nice and, and good people <laughs> and the mistakes that they make. Number one is the person who doesn't want to upset everybody. You know, they had, when they were coming up through the ranks, they had the boss that was yelling at everybody all the time and upset with everybody all the time. And so that person sort of pulled back way back on their ability to share what they actually want to have done so one like so sometimes i work with them and just help them to understand it's not you don't have to be bossy that's not what everybody's looking for but people need you to be clear you need to be clear about what you need to have happen or what needs to happen for this whatever an initiative to succeed so a lack of clarity around direction and what you actually believe should happen like a lack of clarity around your point of view and and what other people and, and people want that. They want that, especially from somebody that's nice and who cares about other people, but they want that clarity. The other, the other one that I would say that I see happen a lot is that person who is really strong leader, maybe a dynamic leader. And they tend to come into situations and they can influence the heck out of everything like they can get you to do whatever it is that's on their mind because they're just so inspiring and dynamic and you just want to do what they tell you to do the problem that happens with those folks is that they are not allowing other people to to use their voice to find their voice to share their voice so instead of getting engagement mm-hmm. they're getting complacency and complacency is nice it's easy for the leader. Oh, great. Everybody agrees with me on everything that we're talking about. Nobody's, but what's the problem? Why are not people, why are people giving me, you know, 45% when they, when I really need them to give me 90% of their effort at work? Mm. That is it. They are not engaged because they see you as the hero. They see you as the person who's going to come in and save the day. They're not part of the story. They're just watching it play out and then maybe doing their little thing along the way, but they're seeing you as the hero. You need to put cast them as part of the story and as as the hero in this journey as well. That is a huge one.
0: The Career 101 Podcast is brought to you by Fly High Coaching, where we help our clients soar to their full potential. More and more professionals and executives are setting out to achieve their career goals, but without the right support, It can be difficult, if not impossible. Whether you need career coaching, interview coaching, or a professional resume, we're here to help. Check us out on our website, fly-highcoaching.com. Yeah. So not being clear or having uh, that point of view, and then also uh, not getting the input of others. So they're not engaged because the person or the leader is really just kind of putting out their influence. And I like what you said there, Andrea, and what I found from a lot of clients who were in that second, that second uh, scenario that you mentioned is a lot of times they get drained because then they realize they're working hours. Everyone's coming to them with every problem. Yes. You've got to fix it everything. And then they're worn out. Right. And we, you know, there's so much about burnout nowadays, but yeah. And so I love what you said about using that influence to kind
1: of cast other people right in the story, in the play, get them involved. And you like, just because you have good ideas and you think you're right. Doesn't mean that there couldn't be another idea that could be almost as good. Why not just use that one Mm -hmm. instead of using your own idea because you know, it's better. What, you know, the, the, longer play is to use the other idea. You know, if it's not going to go against what you're trying to accomplish, if it's not going to be damaging to what you're trying to accomplish, use somebody else's idea, you know, and and then acknowledge them for that. You know, I think that's the other thing is, is, you know, making sure to go back and be like, hey, this is what we talked about before. This is what I'm seeing for the future. What do you guys think? Instead of, way to go. We did it. Now we're going to move on. And this is the next thing. And, and, you know, leading the charge forward. Mm -hmm. Um, when people are able to bring their voice into that conversation and be acknowledged for how their voice mattered before they feel it's, it's like, like I said, it's that momentum. It's that, it's that ignite, ignite, ignition Mm -hmm. of the person and their will and their desire and their engagement to move forward with you instead of just being along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. I love that.
0: I love that. So Andrea, many of the professionals and executives in our community are interested in increasing their level of influence. You kind of started on this already, but what advice would you give to someone who wants to be more influential?
1: Yeah. So first of all, recognize what the difference is between your sphere of responsibility and your sphere of influence. So a sphere of responsibility are the things that you are actually supposed to own own. If you do not own those things and take care of those things well, then it's hard for anybody to pay very close attention to what you have to say about other things. So first of all, understand your sphere of responsibility. Second of all, understand your sphere of influence. So what I, the difference that I can make is far more reaching than my, my responsibility. So if you have an idea, you have something that you want to impact further out from your responsibility, it's great to acknowledge that you could do, make a difference there and share your idea or whatever it might be. This is the big concept here, but don't, don't put all of your hopes and dreams on that. It's not your responsibility. You have to allow somebody else to own that responsibility. So if you start feeling like every time your voice needs to is heard, it needs to get what it wants, then you're gonna have a really hard time building influence because you're just gonna sound demanding. But if you are for everybody else, If you're sitting there going, you know what? I'm like, way to go over there. Hey, have you ever thought about this? You know, but hands off, I'm not attached to that idea. It's okay if you don't do it, you know, whatever. Like that's a bigger influence than pushing an idea in that direction. So that would be one thing. Can I share another? Yes. Another thing that I find that a lot of people, I personally have struggled with this. I think a lot of people struggle with this is this concept of credibility. And a lot of times the advice that we're given around credibility is that we should be more confident and confidence is a piece of credibility, but it's not the only thing. And just because you have confidence doesn't mean you have credibility. So I think I wrote this down before coming on here because I've, I've thought about this so much and I haven't put it quite like this before, but if you don't mind, I'm going to read it. <laughs> Go for it. So I think that the first thing is like the, there's four different things that I think are a piece of credibility here. And this is just my own take on it. Clarity of your point of view. You have to know what you're trying to say, what you think, why you think it. Okay. Clarity. What you're, gonna say confidence, sure. So confidence that what you're saying matters and that how you're saying it matters. Confidence in who you are. That of course, that's a that is a piece of it. Then determination to that the message is more important than your ego. So if you're not willing to take risks for this, if you're not willing to put yourself on the line for it, um, I think credibility is hard to achieve. When you are willing to put yourself out there and say, you know what, even if I fail or even if this doesn't go anywhere, I'm gonna I'm going to put myself out there because this is more important than me, then that is uh, another piece of it: determination. And then proof, I credibility, you have to have proof. (laughs) What are your credentials? What is your portfolio? What have you done with this message in the past or this idea in the past that, or, or your career in the past that has proven that you have credibility? I think that all those things matter when it comes to credibility. And so, yeah, I would, I wanted to share that. I thought maybe that would be helpful to some people. I think it would have been helpful to me.
0: (laughs) That is so helpful, Andrea. I mean, all four steps of that. What I think a lot of people get confused with, or, or perhaps they miss, uh, well, really a lot of people miss all four, but the one I, I think I see the most is um, that determination that the message is more important than the ego. And yes. I with influence, sometimes that ego is really hard for people and they they kind of miss the message because they're kind of wrapped up in the other areas of the story and the circumstances and what's going on and they don't want to look a certain way. So yes, thank you for sharing that. To kind of piggyback on that, how can a professional influence others who might be technically above them in an organization, right? So how can they influence their manager, maybe their manager's boss?
1: Yes, such an important question. I would say everything we just talked about. And if you're wanting to have an impact on them, you have to an influence on them. You also have to recognize that they're human, just like you are. So they have a point of view, they have struggles, they have things that they're dealing with, and you may not feel like they understand you, but they also probably feel like you don't understand them. So starting out with trying to understand and take their perspective is an important first step because that demonstrates that they are, that you're for them. Like, you know what? I, like, I see that you're working really hard. I see that there's a lot of things going on. You're having to put out a lot of fires, just that acknowledgement of who they are and what they're having to deal with. Their perspective is going to be helpful to them to be able to say, okay, yeah, I really am. (laughs) And then and then being able to say, I've noticed something or that something happened. Can I talk to you about it? Whatever it might be that you're trying to tell them, kind of get their agreement on you talking to them about it first. So there's that's another piece of influence is getting agreement along the way. So you know, is it okay if we have this conversation? When is it a good time to have this conversation? Because sometimes people aren't ready to have a conversation. They're in the middle of something else and they can't give you their full attention or their emotional capacity as well. Way too too empty right now. So so then being able to then communicate very clearly without too much emotion. And this is tough. Mm-hmm. It means that processing your emotions before you come to the conversation. It might mean talking to somebody else about it before you come to the conversation so that you can get that stuff worked out and then be very clear about what happened or what your idea is or what your concern is. And then I I've heard a lot of leaders say don't just come to me with problems. Come to me with solutions. And I think that that is very complicated, and they don't. People don't always have solutions. Here's what I want to. I want to reframe that. Don't just come to people with your problems, to leaders with your problems. Come also being willing to be a part of the solution. So be willing to be in on the dialogue of that. Don't come with the solution and then say if you don't do this, then you didn't listen to me. Like that's not a. That's not influence. That's just a an ultimatum. And then don't come to them and say you know if if here, here's my problem and I'm going to dump it on you. That's not helpful either. But if you come to them and say, I'm trying to figure this out, what can we do? Then you're opening up the dialogue. You're turning it into collaboration, which I believe is ultimately what we all need in order to keep moving everybody forward, to keep moving companies forward, all that um, is, this, is this general sense of collaboration. So if you think of yourself as a collaborator with somebody else, then when you're wanting to like give feedback, you're not just, I'm giving feedback to you. Again, it's a conversation. It started at the very beginning of this conversation with you and I. I mean, everything is this back and forth. We live in a community. We live in a dynamic world where we're all in um, conversation and dialogue with each other. When we think that we're just pushing our agenda and that we should get what we want, and we're not willing to open up to that collaboration and dialogue, then it's going to make it really hard for you to ever have much of an influence. You're just going to be thinking, I'm just coming around with my hammer, Mm -hmm. knocking on things rather than we're building something together. So, yeah. And then I would say the last piece of that, come to, if you have a, if you have a, most Problems that you have that you want to bring, you want to influence up. If you bring a business case, you're gonna really get some attention, and they're gonna they're gonna understand. Okay, so she understands, he understands, they understand the difference between where we're at and where we're trying to go. They see the bigger picture. They're they're thinking about how much this costs the company. They're thinking about the opportunity, all that kind of stuff. And bringing that business case is a, just another huge piece of it.
0: Yeah, you have given. A lot of great tips today, Andrea. I really appreciate it. So, tell us more about your company, Voice of Influence.
1: Yeah, Voice of Influence is a corporate and government contracting uh, firm. We do leadership and organizational development. And I don't know, we we we're I, I what I love my my. Personal uh, sense of mission and purpose in life has to do with connecting people's gifts and expertise with the need that's in the world because I really see a lot of need and I see a lot of waste of gifts and expertise. And so to me, I'm all about how do we connect these things? So connecting them um, on that individual level with people inside of companies, them being able to use their voice, use their gifts, connect, you know, all that kind of thing to the, to a company, um, having things that aren't getting out into the world because there's problems with teams or there's problems with the functioning of the organization, or there's problems with the way that we're communicating with our stakeholders to the, then that, so that's on like the, that side of things. And then on the inside of the company part is for me as a CEO, my My mission is to connect other people's expertise with the needs of our clients. So, so that's kind of like this uh, big picture view of what we do. We, we, we could get into details, but that's the basic idea.
0: Yeah. So you and your team sound like master connectors.
1: (laughs) That's right. Hopefully, hopefully. And yeah, yeah, collaborators as well. Yeah. Great. Great. So can you tell us about the deep impact method? Sure. So I kind of touched on it a little bit, believe it or not, as we I think when, so if you're wanting to have influence, then you, I think that there are three things that you need to have. You need to have, you need to basically, okay, first of all, you need to consider how people work, how people open up to change. And that I think has to do with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, So people need to feel safe. They need to feel significant and then they need to feel challenged. A lot of times when we think about feedback, we're talking, about again, that sense of like, okay, we need to change this thing in you, but it's pretty hard for somebody to just make that change. You want people to change from the inside and see the difference and make the difference from the inside out. And so the deep impact method is a little course that we have. It's a, we have a, a small version of that course uh, on our website that we offer for free. And so if anybody wants to, to check that out, they sure can. Yes. Yes. Well, we definitely want to share a link to that
0: for everyone. And we'll be providing a link to your website. And other social channels in our show notes so that people can find you online. Uh, But what is the best way for someone to get in touch with you, Andrea, or someone at your company?
1: Well, we have a contact form on our website. If you use that contact form, don't sound spammy because I get a lot of spam. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me what you're needing in the subject line so I can make sure to pay attention to it. Another way is certainly through LinkedIn. So Andrea Joy Wenberg is my, is my name on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to connect there.
0: Great. Great. Right. So my last question for you, Andrea, how do you think executives or professionals can get a positive edge
1: in their career? Mm, I would say by number one, taking care of yourself, and being confident in who you are and your point of view, listening to your own voice, that own inner voice, being who you want to be. And then the the way that that expresses itself in the world, uh, I think is going to be more natural. And you can always learn more tips and tricks and all those kinds of things. But I think just the being that person that you want to be is the biggest one. I
0: love it. I love it. Well, Andrea, you've shared a lot of uh, wisdom and I would definitely say some secrets. With us today, uh, that I'm sure our listeners can use to be more confident in their careers and with their influence. Uh, we appreciate you being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Career 101 podcast. I hope you have at least one key takeaway that you can use in your own career. Until next time, here's to your success.